0: Welcome to the Still Telling It Like It Is program. I'm Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology. And I just got off of a program with Apostle Cal and Apostle Robin and Apostle Daniel uh, that was talking about sonship. And now I get to do something that is just really, really, really exciting. I get to spend time with my friend, Apostle Barry Cook, you know, And he is going to provoke us. He is going to get in your stuff, our stuff, with truth about the word of God. So call your enemies, do the share thing, let everybody know what it is that we're doing. Share it, uh, uh, uh. disperse it, let your friends, your enemies, your family, all them people, let them all know that Apostle Barry is going to impart some things in you that you are going to need in this life. So Apostle Barry, come on, I, I. come on in, please.
1: Amen, Dr. Baker is always an honor and a privilege to be with you today. I was looking forward to it all day, (laughs) and I just thank God for it. Um, Yeah, I used to say to people, um, hey, guys, um, um, get on the line and call all my haters and let them know I'm about to give some new content. (laughs) I figured maybe I could get one of them converted. Paul was a hater beforehand, and he turned out to be a radical for the glory of God. Uh, of course, it made for some interesting church services. What I used to tell people, well, you didn't have to pay the Disneyland price for a good good entertainment today. You got to watch somebody thrown on the floor. You got to watch somebody have a devil costume. You got to watch a crazy lady run through the church and pee over the side. I'm like that was a good day. You got to admit, where are you going to get that in town? But uh, <laughs> but that's life in uh, the midst of a revived church versus a uh, form formulated church. Anyway, we have a great subject we started on in the last two sessions that we have been talking on the blessing in the cluster. And the text was out of Isaiah 65, um, Isaiah 65, verse eight. And it says, thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, And one says, destroy it not, for a blessing is in it. So will I do for my servants' sake, that I may not destroy them all. Now, for the sake of some beautiful scholars that reminded me of the historical context of this scripture, yes, I get those wonderful messages too, Um, People always wonder why I don't read my messages. I'm like, well, about 200 of them a day. I quit a long time ago. If you know my number, text me. and Maybe that'll work. Maybe not. But anyway, the word cluster. So for them, let me just say. (laughs) The word cluster in Hebrew is uh, 811. It's eshkol and simply means a bunch of grapes or other fruit. And it's translated cluster. The word is used... In a number of scriptures from the promised land, the spies brought a branch with one cluster of grapes and numbers. The beloved is likened to the bride as a cluster of grapes and songs of Solomon 114. I'm giving these because of some knucklehead. I got, I mean, um, person that was trying to talk to me and I'm trying to give them the likened unto version. Um, The vine brought forth the cluster of ripe grapes, Genesis 40. The clusters of Sodom are bitter. The wine is a poison of dragons, a cruel venom of asp, Deuteronomy. Again, it's using this cluster both as in the natural and in a metaphor. You know, the final harvest is likened to the gathering of the cluster of the vine of the earth. um, In Revelations 14, the symbol of the cluster of grapes is used as the Bride, the Bride Song in in Song of Solomon's uh, 7 and 8. And And there's a few others. But I just really want to remind everyone, too, that the setting of this verse in Isaiah is the Lord's promise of blessings in the midst of judgment. Isaiah the prophet prophesied of the coming judgment and captivity of the house of Israel, the Assyrian captivity, and the house of Judah in due time. The Babylonian captivity. Um, in the midst of all, it all, those who gathered the cluster of grapes and enjoyed the blessings of the new wine, a turosh, most generally uh, fresh wine, freshly uh, made wine, um, you know, a brand new out of stock, meaning it just was opened. It was just, so the Lord would gather his servants as a cluster and he would not destroy all in Israel or Judah. His servants would be like the new wine in the cluster and be preserved for his name's sake. So this was in essence, the bottom line. And then we begin breaking it down and looking at different types of clusters in, uh, in in the in the Word of God, and that's listed in the Word, and, and that the Scriptures speak of, and the different clusters that you know the promises to the clusters, and then we begin to move down through um, looking at ministries, um, because um, the verse from Isaiah is being used here to illustrate some spiritual truths that I think are really critical in this time, because. And this is kind of where we were ending up in the last time. A person may be pastoral, they may be prophetic, they may be evangelistic, they may be apostolic, they may be teachers, that is a cluster. We talked about that, like the gifts of the Spirit are a cluster of grapes. Uh, There's blessings inside of that cluster. In Apostles, Prophets, Pastors, Teachers, and Evangelists, that's a cluster that God has made that contains new wine. It contains freshness for the body of Christ. It contains fresh outpourings of the Holy Spirit. So this releases an understanding of grace gifts and how that they, they work together and, um, and that there's, they should uh, move together and, um, coagulate, to you know, go join into one another, one another. And, 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 uh, you know, we can't force people, uh, uh, to do this, but the whole the whole reflection in the Old Testament and the whole New Testament was about us understanding how we would work together. There would be this togetherness that would begin to take place because Christ on the inside, because he flipped leadership from this hierarchy thing to this servant thing. And and that doesn't it's not a place of weakness, and that's a whole other thing because. It takes strength to lead from the front or from the back. <laughs> the The difference is, you know, people say, "Well, Israel always led from the front." You know, whatever. What did, what did Jesus say to do? That's what I'm saying. You know, whatever he said to do is what we need to do. I, mean, I don't want to get into that right now. I don't make some folk angry, but don't um, about we are the Israel of God kind of stuff. But, but uh, anyway the principle taken from this verse is applicable to all ministries. And this is my point. I'm trying to get over this so I can move on uh, services, giftings, a uh, talents in the body of Christ. There's clusters of these things. Our departments in our churches are, are many clusters within a larger cluster within a large cluster. So, you know, we have to understand or a wheel in the middle of a wheel with all these little wheels inside. And, they, you know, all of those are pictures that God gives us of how things are supposed to work. Now, all of these are working a clock that has all of those wheels are working to tell the time accurately, to be able to interpret it and to keep up with it in a manner that can be seen and understood by those who just flick their watch up and look at the face of it. To those visitors that just come in and happen to look at what's going on, they don't understand all the workings, but it takes the spiritual spiritual wheels filled with the spirit, being led by the spirit, releasing their grace giftings in order to pump new wine through every area of the church. Um, so this is what's fun. So we begin to get into Different elements of scripture. Last time we mentioned, of course, Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12, in different. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 list other types of ministry um, clusters. Now, Old Testament, uh, we always see these seven types, and there may be more, but, but gener- and generally it's talked about, we see like these seven types of. Of, um, of, of types of ministries that God raised up in Israel. Uh, all were called and anointed of God for a particular function. All were ge- gifted and graced for their calling to the people of God and national Israel. These ministries were judges, chosen from various tribes, raised up as deliverers and saviors. Though each was called to be a judge, a deliverer, or a savior, each of these were unique in their gifting, you know, as the Book of Judges shows, and just like in the New Testament, it speaks of there's different gifts, there's different callings, there's different administrations of the same calling. I mean, there's different ways that it works. In general, it's the here's what some people don't do though they take out they take out the core of the gospel and say that's not my calling, and that's what every calling is built on. And I, another thing, let me just say, I'm sitting there thinking about all the election stuff, too, and I won't get into all of it, but this little piece, and I'm thinking about how that, you know, we got so many people, they want to sit and argue about evangelism, the law, survival to the church, and reformation of our communities. And I just say, I look again, and I'm like, well, that's because the nation as a whole doesn't, okay, we're seeing negative things popping up, but we don't have convictions of our beliefs. So, well, I know that doesn't look right, but it still may be better to go this way. Another thing is history. History. History proves already if we give over the nation to Im- uh, sanctioning immoral activities on the basis of acceptance, history has shown and, and, and Marxists and communists and And and, um, various types of socialism um, on on the extreme basis, because there is socialism that is done on various types that aren't near as stringent. But communism, Marxism, all these other isms that lead into this stuff is, um, you know, basically uh, they know that they have to pull that part out of it in order to cause a confusion and then so that they can maneuver us in other areas and that sounds like a conspiracy theory but i'm not talking even as a preacher i'm speaking as a historian right now i'm like as a historian you look at things going okay this isn't going good you know my you know my my kid in in kindergarten can't get um can't to get any type of moral guidance on anything can't make any decisions himself but we can go behind the parents back bring transvestites in let them dance and teach them how to have oral sex when without parents permission or anything of that nature yet a parent can't even take the kid to get you know a checkup without I mean you know it's just it's it's obviously but but it's not obvious to everyone um, because they, the judges, the judges at this where I got off on that thought, the judges of that time were basically raised up to be deliverers of the people. They would bring the people back in line um, more aggressively. They would make a judgment on the situation according to the word of God, and they would bring. Now, here's something else. When we talk about Old Testament things, if I could just get everybody to think likened unto. This will help somebody likened unto. So instead of arguing about Job, the book of Job, and whether you agree with it or don't agree with it, or think it's for today or don't think, if you could just step your stinking head back for a minute and say, what does those concepts in there tell me about God on a large scale? What is the book of Job likened unto? Well, First off, not everything goes our way in life. We don't, okay, good, good. Stay up here. Don't go down in it. But I don't understand why that, stop, stop, stop. Come on up here. But do you agree that not everything, yes, I agree with that. Okay. Do you, you know, well, it says the devil walked before, you know, God. And I don't think he can after Calvary. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Pull back up, pull back up. Okay. Is there a battle demonically over the influence of your choices? And trying to get you to, or to keep you from serving God. That's the concept out of it. And coming before God shows that it's a serious consideration that all humans should make on whatever level you're on. And I could, i could, honestly, I could talk this whole thing on like and unto's because... I've just talked to guys and they're like, when I mentioned the, I was mentioning the book of Job a couple times last week in a few Zooms I was on and people are writing to me with, I'm like, well, you guys, I mean, how do you live writing everything off? And you can't see, you gotta, you gotta pull out. And I learned that. I learned pulling up 30,000 feet when I'm trying to hold my soul When it's being fought by things I don't understand, my life is being contradictory to what the scriptures promise me, and yet I'm holding on in faith. Then I had to look at it from a say, wait, let me get out of the things likened unto. What is Daniel's story likened unto? Well. It's likened unto you gotta make a choice for God, but even though you make a choice for God, and then everything's gonna go your way, you know, not you know, there's still gonna be things we have to make a stand. But if I make a stand, God will protect me. And if he doesn't, it's still okay. I've made the right choice, I'm serving God. Those are general concepts, but I would say most of Christians today, that's where they falter on the general basis of who God is and how God works. Like Everything in the book screams of the character of God—good, bad, and ugly. Whether you agree with it, like it, don't like it, whatever—I mean, it screams of it. And and that's another that's another element. There was priest, uh, the cluster of the priest chosen from one tribe under God, the tribe of Levi. Of course, the Bible says in the New Testament that we are all Levites. Yes, ma'am. Talk home, please.
0: Oh my gosh, you are making this such a living word. I mean, living outward. You are are releasing, you know, exegesis, anyway, exegesis and hermeneutics. How it is that people can think. This yeah. is really provoking people to think. And, 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 this is this is what you're you're doing. This is this is this is really a powerful teaching moment, because many people can quote the word, they can tell you all this stuff, but their life sucks.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I'm. I mean, just keep on going. I just needed to to let people know. Listen. With not a already knowing what you think you know, if your life don't look like what you want it to look like, or it's not going in that direction, shut up and just listen, because yeah. this liken unto, liken unto, that is that that is so, so right on, so necessary. Yeah. Thank you. thank you for allowing me to speak. Well,
1: you know, it was during my toughest time in my life that I sat down and I had my Bible in my hand. It wasn't mind It was actually one given to me, but that's another story. <laughs> I threw it to the side and I sat over there and I crossed my arms and I was just huffing and I was saying things to God, trying to provoke him, I guess, to do something, you know, <laughs> and, um, and I know he was not bothered by me. He was just probably shaking his head, going, Lord Jesus, let him like, look like a fish up on the deck, you know, flapping around to him. He's just like, just let him finish. He'll get tired in a minute. And uh, sure enough, but I just felt like the Lord said, I want you to go back and read the Bible. But he had me read the book of Job first. And I finished the whole book, which it's, it's huge. And it's supposed to be the oldest book in the Bible. And I felt like the Lord said to me, um, if this oldest book in the Bible, then it should contain all the same concepts in it that every other book contains. So, and I'm thinking, I I don't know if I believe what's going on here. And and I read all the way through the Lord's, out of Job, the first time I read through it, he said to me, all of his counselors could have been right. They gave good information. It was accurate, but it was not applicable to their situation. It was not what they were going through, but it could have been. And the Lord and, the, and basically the Lord was trying to warm me up to the fact that you might not understand everything that you've gone through this last season <laughs> this side of, of the, you know of heaven. but trust me, I'm working it all out. There's a purpose in why, there's a purpose in when, there's a purpose in what? Just trust me, you come up out of it and quit thinking about your ego. Ah, um, and then he takes me back to Genesis. I'm like, I don't know. I don't care if it was seven days. I don't care if it was seven years. I don't care if it was 7,000 years. I don't care if each day was seven minutes. It's like, I don't even care anymore. I don't believe it. I don't care where the dinosaurs were. I don't care. God said, good. Now look at it. Look at Genesis 1 and look at it again. Now, what's that like? And I'm read it. I'm like, I, what? So you... I don't know who, maybe the big, but I was just talking. He's like, you're still not seeing the point. Come up above it. He's like, okay, what about it? Okay, take this day and create something that you need to move your life forward and be happy with yourself at the end of the day. That's all I want you to think about. I'm like, oh, well, I can do that. It dug me out of a hole. <laughs> I was like, well, look at that. Genesis had answers for me that I couldn't even see before, because I, I was looking so complicated and looking through all the lenses of religion and 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 bibliography and different things. I, you know, evangelical perspectives and opinions and books I'd read and things of this nature. And he's like, you gotta, you gotta pull back out of it, you know, and. And, and then I ended up going through the whole book with that look. And that's where it brought me to now. Now that's why about any subject you talk on now, I'm like, okay, what is it again? And what are we trying to say? And my mind goes around all the the stories in the, and I see them differently now. Like I don't, it's in everything. Everything's in everything. <laughs> Everything about who God is, what God is, who Jesus is, what is in every part of the entire book. Every scripture, you can pick an obscure scripture and it's still, you know, I had a guy said this when I first came out on this interview on this show and this guy said to me, he goes, okay, well, Jesus wept, you know, and I said, what? He goes, well, what do you got to say about that? He goes, what big life concept do you see out of that? And I said, because in life, things that while we're going along, and even though we know we have victory, there's moments that our soul is ripped in half by things and choices, stuff we know that we have to go through and endure. It breaks our heart to see the condition of of people and situations around us. But yet it doesn't stop with those two words. They were the shortest verse in the Bible because it's the shortest Thing that happens in our lives is weeping, weeping man. endure and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I never would, I'd have thought I had to study it, break it down in the heat, but it just, my mind God used that event of my mind being crushed in my mimbionic min- limbic, I thought you were going to help me the other day when I was talking about mimbionic limbic walls, but you didn't give me no help, everybody was just like, what? And I thought Let me just scurry across that, but we're all crashed in. And now I see that God, he rebuilt it, but he he wanted to rebuild it outside of those walls. You know, I know we're getting low on time here today. And, um, but it was, uh, I'll just list these and throw them out. And then we'll talk about them the next time. But judges, priests, there was prophets and there was Kings that were all in groupings as we know. Um, there was shepherds, there was elders. Yes, there was shepherds. Talked too often in the Old Testament and par- the things that were spoken to the shepherds and the natural in the Old Testament were likened unto messages he was sending to the caretakers of Israel in their time and our time. And then there was attendance and that's ministers or servants. That these were clusters of people throughout the Old Testament that kept the thing going because there was blessings inside of each one of these clusters.
0: I want you to go back for a moment. We got, we have a couple of minutes, but I want you to um, really emphasize so that people can carry until ne- uh, next week that liken unto. I, I just, I, I, it's, I mean, that's the way I think of it, but I, I don't think that our society is, I mean, our our, so-called Christian society or church society, or even those that say that they're in the kingdom, you know, which is the buzzword now. Uh, but, you know, at any rate, go ahead and take another minute and a half, please.
1: Well, um, I'll just tell you, even today, I was walking through the kitchen and I was listening to an audio book and the guy was talking about something and I heard the Lord say to me, you know, um, something and I cut it off. And, um, and I started listening and and he said, the guy was telling an old Testament story and, and, and he's talking about a whole different subject. You know how the Holy Spirit is. He's, he's talking about a whole different thing, but the Holy Spirit says in my ear, he says, and the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a, a man that made a decision that he would deny food and of the king's delicacies. And this man had some friends also. And and it was likened unto, and he just kept, it was like every time I would think of the story I would hear, and the kingdom of heaven... And what he was trying to tell me was quit disassociating other scriptures from primary scriptures, you know, and then, I mean, even taking it back to, to tithing, and it was like all the way up to tithing, I guess you'd say through the, through the Old Testament, he was like, because he mentioned something else on there and the guy, and the guy said, quit listening to it that way. What's that like? And what's the seriousness of what he's saying? Well, that there's meat in the house, that there's revelation that comes from the house, and it has to be protected right, and it has to be provided for right, Um, that it should be something that I'm consistent with, and that, um, you know, it's somewhat of a sacrifice, but it's fair, and it's like, he's like, that's all I'm asking you, that's all I'm asking of. Just take responsibility for what I've put in the earth and and tell others to, I mean, you know, it's like he's like, it just it's whether it's 10% or 20% or 50% or or you give everything. That's right. It's like, you know, but the point of it wow. is this is serious and the returns that come from it are, you know, they're provisional in other texts. So mm-hmm. you can throw that scripture out if you want to, but it doesn't change the concept.
0: Next next week, which is Thanksgiving uh, week, when we come on, and you will be with me on Thanksgiving week, we're going to continue with this lycanon, too. I'd love for you to start off with that. And uh, I think it's going to be great for people, because you know how Thanksgiving is in my field, and Thanksgiving week, and all of that kind of stuff is notorious for people. So. We're going to deal with that, but our time is up for today, and this is Apostle Baker J. Baker and Apostle Barry Cook, who just love each other and enjoy hanging out with each other, saying, come back and be with us for next week, as we're still telling it like it is. (laughs) Bye-bye.